We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello, hello. I'm Christina, and this is Spooky Tales, the podcast for all things scary, myths, legends, and spooky stories. And today there is no MJ, but I do have an awesome guest. She is the host of two super fun podcasts, uh, Just the Zoo of Us and Spellbound and Gagged. They're both super fun, but introduce yourself. Tell us about them. Oh, thank you so much. What a lovely intro. Thank you, Christina. I'm so excited to talk to you. And um, yeah, so... I usually on my other podcasts that we really like to talk about science. So just the zoo of us is about like wildlife science and zoology. Uh, That one is family friendly. But what we do is like review animals, give them like scores uh, out of 10, which is a really fun sort of gimmick. Uh, and then the other one, Spellbound and Gagged, we talk about all sorts of stuff. The The idea is that it's things that are weird, creepy, or gross. Uh, things that you wouldn't talk about at the dinner table with your grandparents, <laughs> unless you just have that kind of relationship with your grandparents, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we talked about like having sex in space and like... <laughs> <laughs> nuclear waste and we got one coming up on a uh, human combustion so all Ooh, sorts of fun. yeah uh so you know i felt like there was some overlap there because we talk about some some spooky stuff there yes but yeah it's it's uh, you know i i heard you on uh the reddit on wiki podcast um oh <laughs> that, they are so fun i love them yeah and so i was like oh my gosh you know that you sounded so so cool and fun so i'm really excited oh, to get you. to actually talk to you <laughs> yes i'm also i'm fangirling a little bit because i was telling ellen i forgot to say her <laughs> name is ellen everyone oh <laughs> yeah sorry i should have said that <laughs> anyway i was telling ellen offline that um both podcasts are so fun Aww. i listened to just the zoo of us with my kids in the car because they love animals and the middle one is four and the other one's 12. That's such perfect animal lover age. Yeah. He he thinks it's too cool for me now. But back in the day, he used to tell me all about animals. So it just reminds <laughs> me of when he used to do that. Uh, I listened to the cookie cutter uh, shark episode. That's a mess. That's, it's a yeah, mess. that's fun, though. Those sharks are the best. Um, that is I a like spooky them. tale all on its own. <laughs> <laughs> and then Spellbound and Gagged, I also listened to. Um, and which one did it? Oh, the plants, poisonous plants. Yeah, uh, yes. with my friend Vikram. Yeah, he's good also great. Yes, uh, and then what was the other one? We there was a more witchcraft recent one. And Socrates. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like if you like a spooky tales, um, you will for sure love spell spellbound and gagged because uh, it's like in the same vein, um, but more like real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so, like yeah. to, you know, I'm kind of a recent uh, convert to getting on board the, you know, uh, paranormal and especially cryptid, like cryptozoology oh, okay, yeah. um, train. It's something I'm, I'm extremely far over on the skeptic end of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, actually, on just the zoo of us, I say recently, this was last year, but <laughs> I had a guest on that was an archaeologist that came to talk to me about Bigfoot and Bigfoot Ooh, lore. Okay. I have to go back and listen to that. Well, so, you know, I come into this from an extremely, like, skeptic perspective. But, mm-hmm. you know, they told me a lot about how, you know, Bigfoot has a really interesting role in, like, cultural memory. And what? is, like, okay. a like a possibly, like, a, a cultural memory of a time in, like, human evolutionary history when there were, like, human relatives that, like, it could be a remnant of. 
totally like kind of changed the way I see like cryptozoology in general. And so now I'm kind of like, I'm, 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 I'm back around. <laughs> How exciting. One of us, one of us. <laughs> um, before we get into uh, the topic Ellen brought for us today, which I'm so excited about, I do have a listener story. And if you have any stories that you want to send into the podcast, you can email spookytales at gmail.com or DM us on any of our socials. We also have a Discord that you can submit your story to or just chat with us either way. Um, and new, we have an a spooky hotline that you can call. The number is 360-836-4486, and you'll get a voicemail. It goes straight to voicemail. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> and you'll hear me say something like, if you're calling this, you probably have a spooky story for us. This is the Spooky Tales. I'll leave your message or whatever. Um, and yeah, so you can do that, and we will play it on the podcast. We've had one person do it, and I um, I love it. So please, more people do it. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's different hearing people tell their own stories. I feel like they tell them better than me. (laughs) (laughs) You get it straight from the source. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So this listener story was actually left in a TikTok comment, which I don't prefer. It's hard (laughs) leaving them in or getting them in order because they're all out of order. But I fixed it. TikTok comments are a dumpster fire. (laughs) Yes, Yes, they are. (laughs) Um, So here's the story. This story I'm about to tell y'all is 100% true. Swear on everything. A couple years ago on Mother's Day, I got reborn again. And so we had a party at my older sister's house. My aunt was there. My parents, nieces, nephews, uncles. Anywho, not even five minutes being in her house. We were playing a game and I found myself in the basement. I had my eyes closed and I suddenly felt like a wall or something was standing in front of me, like I was about to bump it to someone, but they weren't moving. And I couldn't move around. I was stuck. Like there was a lot of open space, but I felt frozen. I couldn't move. So I opened my eyes and I saw a tall, dark shadow in front of me. It had to be like seven feet tall. I looked up at it. It looked down at me and tilted its head at me. It had no face. I closed my eyes quickly and my heart was beating really fast and I started praying really fast. I opened my eyes and it was gone. After I opened my eyes, I ran upstairs and told my mom what happened. My mom told me that my dad had felt the same thing in that same va- in that same basement. My dad was a pastor. The reason I said was is because he passed away two years ago in Mexico in a car accident. She called my older sister and my stepdad inside the house. All three of us went back down into the basement, but we saw nothing. I still felt a very weird feeling in there. Wow. Mm, I don't know. I would be terrified to ever go down there again, ever for the rest of my life. I'm amazed that he, like, or they, they immediately went back down there. Like, right. I, I would never step foot in there again. <laughs> That'd be it. You board up the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would actually never step foot in that house, uh, <laughs> let alone the basement. We're moving. You know what yes. that kind of sounded a little bit to me like? Have you ever heard of the Benadryl hat man? I've heard hat man. Yes. Oh, you know what? I just recently heard that it was associated with Benadryl. It's I did this not know like that. shared hallucination that yeah. apparently is like really common that people who take Benadryl will see this like hat man. Yeah. So I knew of the hat man and shadow people, but just in general, like I didn't know people also it was associated with Benadryl. Like I've heard so many stories and none of them have Benadryl in them. And then I was listening to um, Spooky Sisters. Mm. What is their name? I'll I'll put I'll check 
in a sec, but I'm pretty sure it's the Sp- Spooky Sisters podcast or something like that. Anyway, they mentioned that like it was like this challenge where people would drink Benadryl. Ooh. Oh no! Yeah, it was like new, and I was like, well, I have don't do not, that. Like, <laughs> no, please don't do that. Uh, don't chug Benadryl. <laughs> Unless you have allergies, then take the appropriate dose. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your your listener didn't say that they had, you know, taken Benadryl or anything, but they were they mentioned too. that this was like a this, this was a shared experience with their mm-hmm. father. So I was wondering if maybe it was like a, you know, when I think of like a shared hallucination, that's what I think of like the, yeah. the Benadryl hat man or like a like a well, you said they weren't sleeping. So it's not a sleep paralysis thing. Yeah, because I heard about it associated with sleep paralysis. Mainly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But to be like completely awake and awake? lucid and that, have something like that. No. <laughs> that is creepy. so much worse. Um, Yeah, I would know. I would never go back there. I'm glad you're OK. <laughs> yes. And oh, also so sorry for your loss. And thank you for mm-hmm. sending the story in. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm going to keep saying, oh, my God, every time I burp, I can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> what did i have i had chickpeas and cauliflower and chicken earlier but usually I I cauliflower will do it is that that has to be it okay cauliflower well will do it. yeah now i know the culprit never eating that again <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um tell us what you have for us today i'm so excited i'm excited too because this is something i've been chomping at the bit to be able to talk about on a podcast and i haven't yet i'm so excited <laughs> um i'm talking about solar eclipses and i wanted to specify solar eclipses because Otherwise, we'd be here all night. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to zoom in on solar eclipses. (laughs) But um, just to kind of set the stage to explain what a solar eclipse is uh, for people who are listening who aren't incredibly familiar with eclipses. Um, So there are lunar eclipses and solar eclipses. In a lunar eclipse, the Earth passes between the sun and the moon. So the Earth's shadow is being cast on the moon. This is when you might see the moon look like it has a big blurry red shadow on it. Mm -hmm. That is a lunar eclipse. Um, And then a solar eclipse is when the moon passes between the Earth and the sun. And it has to actually be at a certain point in its orbit in order to make a noticeable solar eclipse. Because I didn't really know this until pretty recently, but the moon's orbit around the earth isn't a perfect circle. It's an oval and the earth is kind of farther to one side of the oval and the oval kind of spins around the earth. So there are points in the moon's orbit where it might be closer or it might be farther away. So for a total solar eclipse to happen, the moon has to be at one of those points in its orbit where it is close to the earth. So the the closest distance that it can be to earth is called its perigee. Um, And when the moon is close enough to the earth, it will actually appear to us to be larger than the sun. So if you've Mm. ever heard of like a super moon or something Mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. when like the moon looks a little bit bigger than it usually does, um, that is when it is big enough to actually eclipse the sun as in totally block the whole sun out. So it's, it's a convergence of two factors happening. The moon being in the path of the sun and the moon being close enough to the earth to block it out because otherwise the sun is so bright that it's still going to outshine the moon in front of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when that happens, when the moon is like not quite close enough to eclipse the sun totally, that's called an annular eclipse. Um, And then the sun will kind of be like a, like a ring around it. It's still really Mm. cool. Um, It's not quite as dramatic as the total solar eclipse. Uh, So, so when this happens, there is a narrow path across the earth where the moon will be completely blocking out the sun. So this is called the path of totality. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually happens pretty often. These happen oh. about every 18 months. Oh, but okay. the earth is mostly water. So usually when this happens, it's not somewhere where people are going to see it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Total, sol- total solar eclipses aren't like that rare. It is rare that they will be over like a populated place where you could see it. Oh, um, so that's what happened in 2017 when you had yes. the, the great American eclipse. Okay, yeah, I was at work and for once they paused all like all clinical things so we could all go out and see it. And that's they gave so us all cool. sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> was yes. It, were you in the path of totality or close to it? I don't know. I was in Portland. Okay, Oregon. that would have been not far from i think the path of totality okay cool because i remember seeing it i was like i must have been (laughs) but it didn't like go completely dark right no 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 right okay so in the path of totality that's where it goes completely dark oh that's fascinating so what you probably had was those little sunglasses that you can put them on and you can see the outline of the moon against the sun but it doesn't quite go completely over yes Mm-hmm. Yes, it's still really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you get kind of a narrow band, but but that whole band like passed over the continental United States and that doesn't happen very often. That was the first time it had happened in like decades, like since the 70s. Yeah, I remember being super excited about it. It's really cool that that happens, but it happens all over the Earth. It's just that the Earth is mostly water. So, we mm, don't so nobody get sees to see it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, obviously, since this is a celestial event that is going to happen whether humans are here or not uh, humans have been noticing and recording eclipses all throughout history so the earliest known surviving human record of a solar eclipse is a series of concentric rings and radiating lines that kind of look like um what's called the corona which is mm-hmm. the the shiny like rays around the sun um during the eclipse and that is carved into the uh, Law Crew megalithic cairns in Ireland. Whoa, okay. Right. <laughs> and those are believed to have been left over 5,000 years ago in oh. uh, 3340 BCE. Wow. Right. And so here's something a little spooky. The carvings are in like a burial tomb. They're Ooh. right next to the burned remains of about 50 people. Wow, weird. Okay. It is a little weird. So at first when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, was this like a mysterious fire that killed 50 people? And then I realized this was a tomb. They were probably just burning their dead bodies and putting them in there. True. Like, (laughs) it probably wasn't that dramatic. It was probably like they just... I was was like, they must have done some some like crazy ritual or something right yeah that's what i was thinking i was like oh my gosh was this some sort of like wild eclipse ritual where they burned people and then i was like no this was a tomb they probably just that's what i just thought yeah (laughs) i had the exact same thought process uh but it was probably not like that dramatic um but it's still really cool like the way that they were like carving into stone because you have to imagine that like if a solar eclipse like this happens i'll i'll describe in a little bit what it is like to be in a total solar eclipse because i've been there um, oh. <laughs> so i'll i'll kind of describe the experience in a little bit but i have to imagine that living in 3340 bce if you went through a total solar eclipse that has to be the wildest thing that ever happens to you in your life yeah like sure. you're gonna think about that forever because you had no idea it was gonna happen when it happened you had no idea what it was you probably thought you were all about to die and then, <laughs> yeah. and then afterwards like that's all you're gonna th- that's your whole personality at that point 
I mean, yeah, I would make it my personality too. <laughs> that would be it. I mean, here's me talking about it. Um, it is my personality. <laughs> Love it. But, you know, so people all over the earth have been recording eclipses. Uh, uh, ancient Chinese documents describe a day where the sun and the moon did not meet harmoniously. And this was is believed to correlate with a solar eclipse that happened in 2134 BCE. Wow. So also about 5,000 years or like 4,000 years ago. And now I kept seeing the story repeated about this particular documentation of, a, of an eclipse that says that uh, there was a pair of royal astronomers who didn't predict this eclipse and the emperor was very mad at them and so behe- had them beheaded because Ooh. they failed to predict this eclipse. Oh. But this doesn't really line up with when astronomers were able to predict eclipses oh, yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like that, like advancement in astronomy hadn't really happened yet at that time and also this document that like describes this happening was written over a thousand years later so this is probably a game of telephone sort of thing Uh uh-huh i mean if i was like writing this down i would spice it up a little bit like you know what you gotta do these people they didn't do their job so beheaded (laughs) yeah maybe a cautionary tale be like Maybe your get job. your shit together, astronomers, <laughs> and you won't get yeah. murked. Um, so it probably wasn't like I saw that story, like just kind of told a lot, but it probably wasn't like exactly like that. But mm-hmm. but it's an interesting story nonetheless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one of the most interesting, I think, occurrences related to solar eclipse in history is a battle in what is now Turkey uh, in 585 BCE. And this was documented by ancient Greek historian Herodotus. And he is writing about this battle that is between um, the Medes, which were like a Mesopotamian group, and the Lydians. So two sort of large armies fighting against each other. They'd been fighting for like decades at this point. But they're having this battle. And he writes, just as the battle was growing warm, day was on a sudden changed into night. The Medes and Lydians, when they observed the change, ceased fighting and were alike anxious to have terms of peace agreed on. Wow. Okay. So the eclipse ended the war. It, it ended this battle, at least. Oh, this battle. So they were about <laughs> to fight and there's a solar eclipse and both sides were like, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. They were like, actually, never mind. <laughs> um, no. Maybe this can wait. We can do this some other time. Um, which is hilarious. I think that's yeah. hilarious. Because, I mean, once again, if you don't know what's happening, you definitely think the world's about to end, right? Like, yes. you definitely think everyone's about to die. That is a perspective-shifting event, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you are immediately going to be like, what are we fighting about? Like, really? It should have ended the war. <laughs> like, like, I think they just, like, went home. They were like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. So, uh, it was... Uh, that's hilarious to me. Um, very funny. That was called the Battle of Halus, um, or, or, or the Battle of the Eclipse. It's just called the battle oh, of the okay. because makes sense <laughs> because that's the most interesting thing that happened um, yeah and and so what's interesting about all of these like solar eclipses throughout history is that they're really helpful to modern historians because since now we're able to calculate very exact dates and locations of solar eclipses using our current astronomical data right so we understand things like you know 
how the rotation of the earth has changed over time. So like, you know, if you were to just go completely based off of like modern trajectories of the sun and the moon, you might get things a little skewed, but like now Mm -hmm. we understand that like the earth has slowed down over time. Um, But so since now we're able to figure out exactly when and where solar eclipses happened, we can also go back and look at historical records and documents that mention solar eclipses happening. Mm, We can say, oh, these people talked about a solar eclipse. We know that one happened here around the same time. And that can give you an exact date of when things happen, which otherwise you're not likely to get with historical documents. Yeah. Because over time, you know, people write things down, they get copied down wrong, misunderstood calendars change. So like the way some people have something written down won't line up with the way other people have it written down. But if you know a solar eclipse happened in a certain place, you can say exactly when that was, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So, so glad that people have been writing this stuff down. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it is the sort of thing that like you immediately notice and you're like, God, I got to tell everyone about this. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You're going to make a note of that. And and they also weren't always a surprise. So astronomers were able to eventually figure out the rhythm of eclipses and get to where they could predict them. So they're not being completely caught off guard every single time. Um, So Babylonians appear to be the first to figure out what's called the Saros cycle, which is a period of time that's about, it's it's a little over 18 years. I'm not going to get into the, the, there's a number of days and hours and minutes. I don't care. Um, (laughs) It's about 18 years that contains an entire eclipse cycle. So what that means is the time it takes from one eclipse for the earth, moon, and the sun to all return to the exact same position. Mm. So for one solar eclipse to the next identical solar eclipse will be one like sorrow cycle. And the Babylonians figured that out. They had been keeping meticulous records of like astronomy for, for generations at that point. So they were able to figure out like how often these, these eclipses were occurring. Um, In fact, Herodotus (laughs) mentioned in the account of that battle that that solar eclipse had been accurately predicted by the astronomer Thales, which like had to be the biggest I told you so moment of this man's entire career. He had to be like, (laughs) what did I say? Yes. (laughs) Enough that Herodotus was like, Thales did say there was going to be one. (laughs) And that for him to note it, like he did mention this. He did actually say there was going to be one. I guess he was right. Yeah. So that's very funny to me. (laughs) But like, you know, ancient Greeks were figuring this out. Um, The Chinese astronomer Shi Shen wrote instructions for predicting solar eclipses in the 4th century BCE. Amazing. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. So, you know, two, almost two and a half thousand years ago uh, that he was writing down how to predict solar eclipses. But the best, the most accurate predictions of solar eclipses were done by the Maya. Um, The Mayan calendar accurately predicted solar eclipses all the way up to they they called a shot so good one time. um, a, A solar eclipse in June of 1991 no they were way. off by one day. This is amazing. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh my yeah. god. So the the Mayan calendar is like well known for having some of the most accurate astronomy of anyone at that time. Like wow. any civilization at the time, the Mayans had astronomy so down. 
amazing right like you hear a lot about like the mayan calendar right like yes the, the... i the last i remember about it is that it supposedly was going to predict the end of the world but like no I, I, <laughs> I think that was a huge misunderstanding too yeah i've read more about it and it was like really people now were reading it wrong with mm-hmm. what the mayans meant by it <laughs> Like, yeah, so, and also like yeah. that wasn't the end of that wasn't meant to predict like an apocalypse. That was no, just as no. far ahead as they wrote down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, like they just stopped whoever, writing after that. Whoever was in charge of the con is like, I'm gonna stop here. I will come back to this, and probably just forgot to go back to it. Right, like that was probably something that was meant to be updated over time, yes. and they were just like, <laughs> yeah. So that was a very bizarre misunderstanding. That was a very exciting time. It was. I was like, this is gonna be. Pretty pretty cool um <laughs> i wanted to see what was gonna happen and then i was like damn nothing happened like yeah <laughs> the memes were great at the time though they were they were fantastic <laughs> welcome to our little haunted break we want to give a special shout out to the spookies who support us on patreon and especially our newest members maddie desiree diana ruben sonia and liliana who all joined this month and a shout out to the rest of our patrons, Muna, Isaac, Nacho Mama, Nelly, Alex and Azriel, Malia, Gina, Mimi, Diana, Ashes, Anne, Janie, Michelle, Monica, Modesto, Cynthia, who actually just rejoined. Thank you, Cynthia, so much. Perla, Jesenia, Dalia, Rene, Iris, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. Your support means the world to us. Thank you so much. If you want to join the Patreon, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash tales. You'll gain access to bonus episodes. We try to do two a month, but always at least one. You get to vote on the movie night uh, polls where you choose the movie night that we're going to be watching and monthly goodies like stickers. And if you join the highest tier, no mames, super serious and spooky, then you get an exclusive keychain. But don't worry. If you cannot support us monetarily, then you are not missing out on anything. The best support that you can give us is just listening to our episodes here. So thank you for doing that. So like, and that kind of touches on like a common thread about solar eclipses. They're almost universally associated with fear. They're mm-hmm. interpreted they're interpreted as a bad omen. It's mm-hmm. never good. Um, like nobody ever, they're, they're I could be wrong. Like, like there could be some like that I just didn't come across, but I tried mm-hmm. to look up like solar eclipses in a lot of different um, like history and mythology and, and lore. And it's just always bad. <laughs> mm, I could see that because uh, suddenly everything goes dark and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a very like scary looking thing. It is it is a terrifying like thing to go through if you don't understand what's going on. Um, And solar eclipses were often perceived as the sun being devoured by some sort of entity. Okay, yeah. In Chinese mythology, it was a dragon. In um, like Aztec mythology, it was a jaguar. Mm. Uh, In some like South Asian mythology, it was a giant frog. But a lot of times you're seeing it being described as like something bad happening to the sun. Mm, Like the sun mm -hmm. is being eaten or the sun is being killed. Um, Oh, and I don't know how important important the sun was to other uh, mythology, but I know in like Mayan and the Mexica like mythology, the sun is like so important. It's like yeah, the most important almost you could say. 
I think it's, you know, extremely important to to anybody because like you're you rely on the sun yeah, for, for so much your agriculture yeah. and you know you you really rely on it. So I mean, especially when you look at like uh northern European like pagan uh mm-hmm. mythology, there's a lot of like sun emphasis and stuff like that. So so as you can imagine, if if you don't know what an eclipse is and, and suddenly, suddenly the sun's gone. <laughs> the one thing that you're like, ah, oh, that tells me to I don't know. It's like the one thing you rely on. You know, it's always there. You can count mm-hmm. on it. You need it. And then it's right. gone. And it's terrifying. And, and eclipses used to be longer than they are now. Really? Yeah. So oh now total, total solar eclipses are usually only like four minutes long. They mm. used to be longer. Even just like a couple hundred years ago, they were like seven-ish minutes oh, long. Uh, yeah. So they, they were longer in the past. So if you don't know what an eclipse is and suddenly the sun is gone, <laughs> you don't know that it's coming back. Yes, exactly. You can't be sure that it's coming. Yeah. Especially like you look and you're like, oh my God, the sun's gone. Okay. Uh, it's still it's still gone. It's when not are you coming, coming back? back? <laughs> yeah. So reasonably, you know, I I would never want to like uh make it seem like I'm dunking on people of the past for like not understanding what's going on. Um, and people reacted in a lot of different ways. So some of people course, would hide. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of people would hide in their houses. Uh, like that persists today. Like still today, a lot of people, you know, either tell their children to hide inside. I saw a lot of people talk about like superstitions around being pregnant in an eclipse. Fascinating. I didn't know this. Yeah. And the one that I saw, and I don't know how reliable this source is, uh-huh. but this was just somebody kind of talking on the internet. But somebody said that the the perception that the sun was being eaten or bitten, people thought that if they were pregnant and outside during an eclipse, that their child would be born with a facial deformity as though mm. their face had been bitten or eaten by something. Wow. Like I saw this associated okay. with cleft palates, um, which is not how that forms at all. No, but, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's an interesting like, like way of thinking about that. Yeah. This like, even still to this day, sometimes a lot of like people don't go outside during eclipses. A lot of people would make loud noises and fire arrows to oh. to try to okay. chase away whatever was eating the sun. Yeah, so it can come back. Yeah, yeah. so you see this in like Aztec uh-huh. uh, responses to eclipses and in China. Oh, um, okay. Both at the same time doing kind of the same thing, trying to like chase Amazing. away. And, oh, whoops, I just smacked my <laughs> microphone. Trying to chase away, like, like we have to save the sun. Yes, um, okay. Which is an interesting kind of self-fulfilling thing because they do all this. They, they make their loud noises. They fire their arrows and stuff. And then... It works. The sun comes back. Yeah. So, and you're like, yeah. we did it. <laughs> yeah. I I would give myself the biggest like pat on the back. Like we You'd did be like, it. We let's did go it. team. <laughs> yeah. Mission That's accomplished. A good one. Let's go rest. <laughs> yeah, we, we earned we this one. <laughs> um, I found this interview in 2017 uh, with the Texas Public Radio. And this was with um, a, a store manager named Yuli Garcia, who is talking about uh, Mexican eclipse practices. And Yuli says, uh, and this is a quote from, from Texas Public Radio. They say pregnant women should wear a safety pin on their belly. For babies, when they're newborns, they say that you could put a pair of scissors opened in the form of a cross under the bed or under the crib, and it's basically protection. For the safety pin on the belly, when a pregnancy is taking place, this is going to prevent for when the baby's born to be born with a blue eye. That's what they say. 
So I didn't know if this is something you'd ever like heard. Okay, so I've heard the scissors under the crib in the shape of a cross to protect okay. a baby from witches. <laughs> that is how I've heard it. Okay. But I I hear this and it's not shocking at all to me. I can see it being said. I've never been in Mexico for like an eclipse, so I've never heard of it. And I, I've never asked my grandma. I should ask my grandma about it, see if she's what if they have any beliefs over it because i'd be interested if this any. is familiar yeah. also this very well maybe like a very regional thing like yes, this may be super specific yeah. to like it like this was in like south texas okay. um this was in like south san antonio uh so you know this may be a very regional i i'm sure there's a lot of regional but it variation also, it's, it also sounds like it could really be a thing um, especially when I hear the scissors, because that's not the only time scissors are used. It reminds me a babies. lot of like my family is all from the deep south. And when mm-hmm. I was pregnant, they tried to do all sorts of like, like dangling a like a what were they trying to do? They're trying to dangle something over my belly to try to see which way it swung to see if it was a girl or a boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. of this? It's I'm like, trying a, to remember like the details. a not a medallion, but like, a, like a pendulum like a, sort of thing. Yeah. And then like if it turns and it's going to be like a boy, if it like spins yeah. the full way. Yeah. I have for sure heard that. There's a lot of interesting like things people do. So it reminds <laughs> me of one of those like, yes, you know, old yes. pregnancy things. Um, and, and eclipses are often associated with increased paranormal activity for a variety oh, of reasons. Some people amazing. cite like uh gravity fluctuations like mm. like like changes in gravity which i mean the moon does affect the earth's gravity so if the mm-hmm. moon is in an unusual position that's going to you know shift things around lunar eclipses so when the earth is casting a shadow on the moon uh it turns the moon like blood red which is a very ominous visual yeah if you turn and look up and you see red in the sky you're like oh my god <laughs> right what like this, this means so many things right yeah. like what is it red red sky at night red moon at night sailor what is it i didn't look oh, this up oh i don't know and but this it just triggered cool. something in my mind that there was a, a saying there like about... a poem about it or a saying let me see yeah it's like red Moon at night. I'm going to look it up real quick. I'm also looking at a red moon. Okay. Sailor's delight. Red sky at night. Sailor's delight. Red sky in morning. Sailor's warning is what it says. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. So I don't know if that has anything to do with the lunar eclipse, but this is a very ominous visual. People get really scared when there's, you know, you look up at the moon and the moon is red and red is is in for a lot of people a scary color looks like blood and solar eclipses are very jarring experiences so this does bring me to the great american eclipse which was the path of totality for the solar eclipse that crossed over the united states americans were stoked about this because oh yeah it went like right through the entire continent cut straight across and like most americans lived within like a day's drive of the path of totality yes so most people could get to, could feasibly get to like somewhere where you would be able to see it. And they did. Like it was <laughs> bonkers. I'm one of those people. I live in Florida, which was not in the path of totality. So my husband and I got in the car and drove up to Poinsett State Park, which is outside of Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. okay. And just as a brief Brief aside from that, uh, Poinsett State Park is in Sumter County, uh, South Carolina. And (laughs) during this eclipse, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division tweeted... 
from their verified account, their actual official Twitter account, regarding possible paranormal activity potentially occurring during the solar eclipse 2017. As always, if you see something, say something. And they <laughs> attached a historical map of possible lizard man sightings from what? 1980 to 2001 with a caption. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. I'm so on board. Their caption underneath that reads, this historical map is in response to recent media reports about possible paranormal activity associated with the upcoming total eclipse. SCEMD does not know if lizard men become more active during a solar eclipse, but we advise <laughs> that residents of Lee and Sumter counties should remain ever vigilant. Oh my God. I love this. I did not know that happened. South Carolina's government is putting out lizard man notices <laughs> ahead wow. of this. Yes. And so, and, and that's where we were. We were in Sumter County. We traveled up from Florida. We left the day before. We stayed the night in Columbia and then on Columbia morning because the eclipse wasn't until the afternoon. It wasn't until like, I think it was like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So we woke up in the morning and we were like, we need to find a place where we can go to view this eclipse. Um, so we needed to find a place that was like wide open space and a space that was not going to be too crowded that we were going to be like stuck there. Uh, mm -hmm. But it also, we also had to try to figure out where of serious concern that day was cloud coverage. It was mm -hmm. cloudy that day. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to try to, I was like looking at cloud, like weather map radars and like looking at cloud patterns and like what direction the wind was going in oh that my, day. I love like, that. I was doing so much research that morning. We settled on this park that was like two hours away from where we were. So we drove there. We got there hours early. We got there at like 10 a.m., <laughs> uh, which I'm glad we did because this park, there were I, was it packed? There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people wow, in this park. Okay. Which I have to say, big ups to the Poinsett State Park because they were so ready. Like oh, they awesome. were fully staffed. They had tons of staff there that was directing people on where to park their cars. They clearly ha were not prepared for this like amount of... I shouldn't say they weren't prepared because they prepared themselves. But like this park clearly didn't usually get this volume of people. Like they didn't. I mean, yes. OK, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they were so on the ball, though. They were making amazing. sure people went to the right place. They were like one thing that really like impressed me was that they were taking the garbage out like periodically throughout the day. So like the garbage cans would get completely full and a park ranger would show up and take the trash out like immediately. Wow. They were so on it. It was so cool. But we were there for hours and we just laid out a picnic blanket and laid in this big wide open field. There was people everywhere, people with like telescopes set up all over the place. So we kind of walked around for a while and just kind of like chatted with people around. People had come down from like Maine and wow. Massachusetts. Okay. So like at this one parking South Carolina, people had come from all over the East Coast. Wow. Um, yeah. To come see this eclipse. You know, a lot of people were there with their families and like Aww. kids that were so excited about it. So it was really cool to get to talk to all these people. It was an interesting convergence of people from like farther south and farther north. Just had, meeting in this park. Yes, just Love meeting it. in the middle in this park in South Carolina. Um, and we were there for a few hours and and you know, once the eclipse was ready to happen, everyone starts getting excited mm -hmm. and everyone's ready to go. We had our little glasses on and everything. And once the like 
totality occurred. So the, the, the moon moved completely in front of the sun and it is like almost difficult to describe like the effect. So first of all, within like seconds, it literally looks like you go from day to nighttime. Wow. It gets completely, not like midnight dark, but maybe like 8 PM, 8, 9 PM dark. Um, it's really dark. And what, really surprised me was that the temperature drops oh really? it gets okay, cold makes sense but also that's like a fast temperature drop too then it is it is so like fast that i noticed it that i was like oh my gosh it's suddenly like you know a few degrees colder um and then but what really makes it spooky that i imagine was even spookier for people in like ancient times is that when this happens so this was in the summer in the south mm-hmm. and that means that we had a lot of like cicadas and birds oh, yes. and a lot of animal sounds. When the sun went out, all of the animals went silent. Okay. Which, yes. I can see why. Because like dead silence is eerie. It's creepy. Yes. Which, it wasn't dead silent for us because people were getting excited, right? People were yeah, cheering yeah. And, okay, and people yeah. were going crazy and everything. But you did like in that in that first sort of like few seconds before people really started getting ramped up. Um, just this like the fact that all of the animals just totally went silent. It's I was weird. Like, if I yeah. didn't know what was going on, I would have shit my pants. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, like birds, birds very much rely on like light to tell them what time mm-hmm. it is, which is why like, if you have a noisy pet bird, you can put a blanket over their cage and they'll be quiet. <laughs> yes. But like cicadas and grasshoppers and stuff that are like ma- providing a lot of that ambient sound, they all were like, oh, guess it's nighttime. Um, That's so strange. <laughs> yes, it felt so creepy. But of course, you know, at that point, we were able to take our glasses off and, and look at the total eclipse because the sun, there was no direct sunlight hitting, you know, coming mm. through. Mm-hmm. So we got to, got to just look at it and I can see why this is seen as like a terrifying thing because Mm -hmm. it is, it looks like a giant black hole in the sky. That's Um, so weird. I saw a description that like, uh, there was some, uh, record that in Aztec mythology that was seen as like, when you could see the dark sky that wasn't being blocked out by the glare of the sun, that that was supposed to be like the land of the dead. Whoa. Fascinating. That you could only see during an eclipse. Yes. Okay. That yeah. was like, it was only visible because then the sun's light wasn't blocking it out. Um, and it is a very like moving experience. It makes you feel very small. I bet. I probably would have cried. Did you cry? Uh, <laughs> my husband did. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not a joyful crier. Like I don't cry from joy, which is not to say that I'm not a joyful person. It's just that I uh-huh. don't get tears from joy. Yes. Um, but it was a very, it was so cool that we, so we, the drive home took 10 hours because of traffic mm-hmm. and I still didn't regret it. <laughs> that's when you know it was like super worth it yes getting home from being in the car stuck on 95 (laughs) for 10 hours and i still felt like oh i'm glad we did that (laughs) yeah yeah no it sounds amazing yeah it was a really incredible thing i'm super glad we did it i can definitely see why if out of context that would have been a very terrifying thing to happen and i would have thought the world was ending 
But if you like understand what's going on and you know like what this and you understand the significance of it, you know, yeah, you know, like you understand like this is a really cool thing that doesn't happen that often. You know, I'm it's a it's a fascinating like celestial event. It gives you an appreciation for like for sure. how cool is this thing that's happening to me that I get to share with all these random strangers from all over the country. <laughs> yes. Um, a very I highly recommend it. That whole like there is a whole hobby of eclipse chasing. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised, but um Umbra Files. Okay. That's a cool name. That's a, <laughs> such a cool name. But they'll go like they go like take ships out in the middle of the ocean to see total solar eclipses. Wow. Which I, Sounds I like a lot of work. If, I don't know if I would do that, um, but right, yeah. Um, I don't know if the I would ocean go that scares far. me. So, oh, right, if it's so. on land, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go on a boat. To, so to there watch is going to be another total solar eclipse over the United States next year, um, really? in twenty twenty four, and oh. then that's going to be the last one until like twenty seventy something <gasps> that comes oh over gosh. the United States. So like. Yes. Of course, they're like happening all over the world. You yeah. can, if you really want to see one and you're willing to travel internationally to see them, you can do that. But if you want to stay within the United States, that's going to be your last chance for a while. I highly recommend like, okay, if you can, I'm going to check where the path is so I can try and experience the same thing. Cause that sounds way cooler than what I saw. I was like, all right, well, there's the, no, it was so cool. The, the like, not the total darkness, but like watching it happen was cool, yeah. but that sounds cooler. And that's, I want to see that. <laughs> I would recommend making a long trip of it. Like, okay. yeah, cause yeah. we tried, we, we went up the day before and we tried to come home the same day when, oh, I mean, yeah. I've never seen so many cars on 95 in my life mm -hmm. because people were coming from all over the country to go right. to like, a, people were crowding into very, very small, like rural areas that did not have the infrastructure to support that like level of traffic. Um, so it went very, very badly for, for traffic <laughs> in the area. So I would probably recommend like traveling the day before and the day after and mm -hmm. just understanding that the day of is going to be a traffic disaster. Right. Um, but, you know, that was the one thing that we were like, we wish we'd done it differently. But I highly recommend to anybody who can swing it. Try to see that a solar awesome. eclipse. It feels yes. like connecting to like history, too. Right. So I'm like, this is what like. The ancient Babylonians were seeing. Yes. Feels cool. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I'm, I was going to look into this. And my kids will be a little older then, so. I'm sure they would love it. Yes. We did yeah. not bring my child at the time because he was only, he would have only been three. And he would not have adequately appreciated sitting mm -hmm. in a field for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the car ride. No, he would not have... Uh, <laughs> He would yeah. have vibed. I would have left. I would have left my kid at that age too. That wasn't happening at that time. But <laughs> highly recommend. Ten out of ten. Would do it again. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Before we end the episode, well, first, is that all you had? I just want yes. to make sure I'm not cutting you off. Okay. No. Uh, we're good. Before, um, before we end every episode, we do spooky recommendations for our listeners. It can be any spooky media, books, games, movies. Um, I usually do movies, podcasts, anything. Do you have any? You know, my favorite spooky thing, I have to say that, like, when it comes to horror, like, movies and anything like that, I get, I'm very easily spooked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just started The Last of Us, which yes. is an adaptation from a video game that I haven't played because the game was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> the game is scarier than the show, I think. You know, my husband played the game and he really, really liked it. And so I've been watching the show with him and I like the show. 
The show's yeah, really, the show really good. Is amazing. Yeah. But I think my my like go-to spooky recommendation for anybody who likes horror, my personal favorite horror movie that I've ever seen is Annihilation. Um, oh, I have to see that. Somehow I haven't seen it. It is, you know, this sci-fi horror thriller uh, about a team of women scientists. I know Natalie Portman is one of them. Oh yes. Who else is, is in is it? That, is that a remake or is that was that completely new? It was an adaptation from a novel. Okay, because I was like, I know I've heard Annihilation before, and it mm-hmm. was older than the movie. It's okay. It's very good. There's I don't like jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple, but they're okay, not that bad. Okay. Most yeah. of the horror is very visceral. It's very okay. like sort of psychological horror. Um, yeah, I think that's my go-to uh, spooky recommendation. Is I know right. Well, I'm gonna check that out. 18, I think it came out. That sounds right. Because we saw it late at night, and then we had to walk home, and we were very spooked. <laughs> we could not sleep. <laughs> that reminds me of me. Like, uh, I think it was. I think I was like either. 14 or something i don't remember my how old i was it was definitely like not old not like now i'm old but uh we watched the walking dead and then like had to walk to our car and (laughs) that was horrifying horrible have you been liking the the last of us yes i love it um the well i don't want to i don't want to no i can't talk about it or i'm gonna spoil things for people that haven't i can't talk about things without spoiling anything like it's just well, from the perspective of somebody who did not play the games uh-huh. and has no idea what's going on, it's still enjoyable to watch. So, oh, like, yeah. if you've been thinking about watching it, but you're like, I haven't played the game, I'm not going to watch it you anyway. You don't need it's to. Fine. You don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I have no recollection of playing the game, but my husband says we played it together. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't remember this game. So, so I don't know. I can't compare the game. But it, even without remembering or knowing anything about the game, it's an excellent show. It's really cool. I mean, yeah. I'm a sucker for a zombie apocalypse. Zombies are my favorite subgenre of horror. And this is an excellent um It's something, it's the post-apocalyptic aspect for me. Mm-hmm. Like anything post-apocalyptic, I'm very, very into. Like I love Sweet Tooth. Um, oh my god sweet tooth is fantastic i'm like nice when is there gonna be a new season what is going on with it they probably canceled it because i know that there's a comic Netflix it's sucks. based on a comic yeah so like if you want more you can read the comic although from what okay. i've heard from people who read the comic the comic is far more brutal than I've the heard tv that, show because the show i don't think it's that brutal it's like really i would watch it with like a 10 year old it's kind of tame not bad. yeah yeah it's, yeah it's not that it's not like horrifying to watch um but it's but i love that stuff it's so cute i love the little okay if anyone has it's been out for a while now but basically like these little kids are born and they're like they have like animal features to them and they're so cute <laughs> they're so i want a child like that <laughs> but it's also like i find it so interesting the way they build up like the mm-hmm. the it is it could be a little triggering because it is yeah. like a contagion like a pandemic apocalypse which yes was just like such unfortunate timing for them because they <laughs> yeah. had made it before 2020 but it came out in 2020 <laughs> yeah i honestly was i the way i dealt with covid be- and all that i was watching all the um pandemic like all the zombie stuff all the things that had to do with so, outbreaks like, weirdly validating like, yeah so i love i i finish sweet tooth like in one i mean as fast as i could honestly oh yeah oh we booked uh, yeah, it through it, sweet tooth yes 
it was so good <laughs> sorry for accidentally <laughs> recommending three things <laughs> whoops no i love it <laughs> um my spooky recommendation for this week i finally watched the fly um mm. with jeff goldblum and uh, i forgot her name but she's uh she's uh what is her name oh my god that's an old one isn't it yes it's from like 19 19... oh, i can't remember anything ever the fly 1986 i mean i'll watch anything and, with my uh, boy in it he yeah if you like <laughs> jeff goldblum you need to watch this he has fantastic hair he's like naked a lot in the movie you can't see a lot but it's um it's great <laughs> i was gonna um, say like gina this was, davis i was about to say like oh that was like in his prime but i kind of feel like he's in his prime right now so he is always in his prime i love him like a fine wine <laughs> this man is <laughs> yes i agree but yeah the fly um it was really good it holds up really well it's disgusting at the same time <laughs> Oh, like it's it's, it's like, like a, a body um, horror I mean, thing. Yes, it is. When mm. I I w- after watching it, I'm like, this is the best body horror movie ever. Like, it's so good. It's horrifying and disgusting, and it's also really good. Um, <laughs> he basically turns into a fly. I mean, you can. The name is the fly. Like, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives itself away. So I'm not spoiling anything. I swear. But yeah, it's really good. I really like. Um, I like the body horror of uh, Junji Ito. Um, I just started that um, new show that Netflix has based on his work. Oh, that's so cool. I haven't yeah. watched the adaptation of it, but I, I have read a lot of his manga. Uh, it's, it's my really stepson good. just uh, his mom gave him the, the a book of or the manga. What do you call it? Do you call it a manga or a book? I don't know. The it's book? A, yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> anyway, a manga. she gave him to it and I was like looking through it and I was like, this is awesome. Like, why are you not? I mean, I guess maybe it's questionable to take it to school because. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it's it's creepy he's supposed to take a book with him uh to read oh my like, god that's hilarious take this one? it's so good and i'm like wait never mind i just because i remember being in school and having all those like oh you need to have a book for reading time yeah and uh, just the mental image of being like oh it's reading time let me get out my oh, junji ito yes. oh my god what a power move right um yeah i i would I would probably not have him do that, honestly, because it sounds like <laughs> someone might say something. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. This was lovely. Thank you. Um, before we go, tell us where we can find your podcast. I will have them linked in the show notes as well. And where Amazing. we can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our the podcast is, is present on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, I've really been focusing a lot of my social media efforts on TikTok recently. Same. Um, which, so I'm, my account on TikTok is just my name, Ellen.Weatherford. Uh, and I have been kind of posting things associated to to all of my stuff on there. That's kind of where I've been focusing my energy. But um, Just the Zoo of Us is actually on the Maximum Fun network of podcasts. So if you go to MaximumFun.org, uh, we're on there. Spellbound and Gagged is still, you know, completely independent. I make it myself with my uh, co-host Ashley and the variety of guests that we have on. So that one is spellboundandgagged.org buzzsprout.com i think is the link but yeah you know you can look them up wherever you get podcasts if you use you know spotify or apple anything like that just look up the names i'm sure they'll they should they'll come right up, up. yeah that's, <laughs> i i just searched them up on podcast and yeah they came right up <laughs> amazing um but yeah like i personally uh if you if you want to keep up with me i would recommend tiktok that's where i've been the most active recently okay i'm gonna look for you as well awesome TikTok. thank you i love tiktok i think i followed you already 
Oh, did you? I'm I get, pretty sure um, I did. Not to sound like I'm full of myself, but I get too many <laughs> follows and I lose track of them. Um, so I will look for you and it'll, yeah, and th- I should be able to it'll say find follow you back. easily. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know. I, ha- I had a I had a viral post uh, Ooh, earlier this yeah. week. I had a post that got a million views, which is very exciting for me. Nice. My first, uh, baby's first viral TikTok. Love and it. I'm <laughs> very proud of myself, <laughs> but it has decimated my notification. My notifications are it's useless. a lot. Yeah, it's uh, a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming, and then and then I and then I get into like a hate relationship with TikTok because I'm like I'm tired of all these notifications, and then I don't open it for a lot of time, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with me? I I love posting on there because it's I find it easy because um, it's not a lot of work for me. I just there's like stories that I already memorized, and I just hop on and I'm like, all right, well uh, there's a story, blah amazing. blah 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 blah, and then I just post it, and then bam. I was um, having such a hard time. I was putting so much hours and hours and hours of like work into writing what I was going to say and oh, then recording yeah, yeah. it. And then I realized that like I was doing everything wrong. Basically, I was doing everything in like the <laughs> least efficient way possible. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized that like I, I learned how to do things a lot quicker. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you once you figure it out, it's like this thing is great. And it, and like things to have the chance to get so many views and interaction with people that are gonna like you know your stuff and it's very fun it's It's a great way to like get to know new people too yes i have been using twitter for that and now twitter's a dumpster fire it is (laughs) i'm i'm chronically online so twitter and um tiktok is where i personally live but (laughs) yeah i'm trying now i feel like i feel like tiktok is my twitter rebound like Mm, i'm coming off of the breakup with twitter and tiktok (laughs) is like is there for you the yeah. next new fling yeah <laughs> love it love it um oh anyway before we go on and on we will end this episode thank you so much for listening make sure you check out both just the two of us and spellbound and gagged they will be linked in the show notes thank you again for coming on thank you it's been a delight i've had so much fun yes it was it was a lot of fun and uh, in 2024 i don't know go find that solar eclipse um i'm going to try as well <laughs> please do Yes. Uh, Stay a spooky. We'll catch everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on Patreon. Your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail and more, go over to patreon.com slash spooky tales. Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out CultivatePodcastNetwork.com. Don't forget to check out our Spooky merch. We have Spooky shirts, we have No Mamas shirts, and we have a cool hat that I just added. It's like a baseball hat, not like a hat hat. Um, we also have a beanie in there, and they just say Spooky on there, but I'm a big fan of the hat. It says Spooky in Old English letters, and I love it. I wear it every day, not because I want to go around repping the podcast, but it's comfy. It's a great hat. You can go to SpookyTales.com store. I'm always adding new designs. But don't even worry if you cannot support us monetarily because the most important support is what you're already doing, giving us a listen. If you listen and you love what we do, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this with your spooky friends. Spooky season is upon us, so this is our time of year. Stay as spooky. Spooky.